You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. There was a, 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 new, a church called A New Pastor in the first sermon. He preached 15 minutes, and everybody was like, oh, this is awesome. Second week, he preached about 12 minutes, and he was like, oh, this is awesome. Third week, he went for an hour and a half. After church, the deacons called the pastor over and said, hey, what's going on? He was 15 minutes, 12 minutes, hour and a half. I said, well, first week I had abscess tooth. It was hurting real bad. Second week I had all my teeth pulled. It was hurting real bad. Third week I put my wife's dentures in and I couldn't stop talking. <laughs> so we will, we will probably be somewhere between 12 and an hour and a half minutes tonight. So <clears throat> We'll be in Genesis chapter 13. We're going to talk a lot about Lot tonight, but also kind of do a comparison as we go through. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and it's kind of an odd story to pick, but it's got so many layers and so many truths, so many things, so many avenues you can look at. You can come at it from Abraham's side or Lot's side, or you can even come through from Lot's wife's side or Lot's kid's side, or, or just, I like to put myself in different areas when I go through, different personalities, different, you know, sometimes I'll be the neighbor just watching, sometimes I'll be the main character, sometimes I'll be a sibling, sometimes I'll be a store owner, just kind of try to make, make it real to me. As we go through, we're going we're gonna to kind of dissect it and look at Lot and then look at Abraham. Um, we've all heard the story. Lot is Abraham's nephew. You know, Abraham took him under his wing, kind of raised him up, taught him, taught him the business, taught him the trade, you know, cattle and, and what they did back then. And Lot was a greatly blessed person because of his relationship with uh, Abraham, the time he spent with Abraham, Abraham's blessing, Abraham's protection, his provision. You know, he was his nephew. He was going to take care of him. He was going to teach him. He was going to show him. You know, and Lot had a, Lot had it really good. You know, he, his, his Lot's fortunes grew. You know, Abraham's fortunes grew so much that they couldn't, they couldn't, the land couldn't handle them anymore. You know, and we had to, they had to separate. That's kind of where we jump in here. You know, it's, we need to remember as we go through that in Second Peter 2, 7, you know, the, the Bible calls Lot a righteous man. He, he's a saved man. He's in heaven today. You know, we, a lot of times we're tempted to read him, oh, he's a heathen. He's, he, you know, he, he did that to his daughters. His, his wife is dead. He's not remorseful. You know, he, we follow, follow it through, but yet he's, he's a righteous man. How quick we are to judge him, and when yet we do the same thing. We, we, we pull, pull things that Lot did. But he's, he's a believer. He's a brother in Christ. He's, he's saved. I know they didn't call it back like that in the, the Old Testament, but he's, he's up there waiting on us. Uh, we'll be in Genesis chapter 13. We're going to read verses 5 through 18. Uh, do you all stand here? Sure. Sure, let's stand up. Get some exercise. <laughs> Brother Michael said you all needed the exercise, so be mad at him later. <laughs> but, um, but Genesis 13, we'll read verses 5 through 8. The Bible says, And Lot also, which went with Abraham, had flocks and herds and tents, and the land was not able to bear them. That, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's, Abram's cattle and the, herd, the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanites and the Perizzites dwelled them in the land. And Abraham said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and beheld all the plain of Jordan, 
that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest to, unto Zor. Then Lot chose all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, <clears throat> and he separate, and they separated themselves from one and the one from the other. And Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in, in the cities in, in, of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. Uh, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners, and therefore the, uh, before the Lord exceedingly. The Lord said unto Abraham, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look to the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward, and from all the land which thou seest to thee I will give thee and thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then they shall... Uh, then shall thy seed be numbered. Arise and walk through the land, the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. And then Abraham moved his tent and came and dwelt in the land of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this passage. Thank you for this chapter. Thank you for the story of Lot and Abraham and your word, Lord, and the truths that are in it. Please give us some of the truths that you laid out that you want each of us to take home. I know they're not going to be the the same for each one. You've already touched my heart numerous times with this, Lord. Please do so to everyone here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Please sit down. Or you may sit down. We, we know the progression of, of Lot after he <clears throat> left Abraham. He started out, he pitched his tent, and he was looking into Sodom. He wasn't partaking in Sodom's you know, business. He wasn't, he wasn't at one with them, but he was looking at him. He was looking at him. He was watching him. That, that defilement, the, the, the Sodom, it was, it's known for its, its lascivious behavior, for its illicit acts, for its the sinful nature. Now, I'm sure that the first time Lot looked at it, first time Lot's wife looked at it, they were, they were appalled, they were hurt, they were ashamed, they were, ooh, that's, that's bad, that's gross, that's nasty, that's not real, that, or that's not right, that's not, that's not the way it should be. But yet, over time, it, it didn't hurt so much. It didn't, it didn't stink anymore. Right. You know, and, and then they, he moved closer. And then, and then we follow the story, and we, you know, he becomes known inside the city. Yeah. He, he's, right. he's one of them. He's elevated. He's like a councilman or a mayor. Right. You know, the people know him. They, they respect him. They look up to him. You know, he was a great businessman. He was wealthy. He knew what he was talking about business-wise. You know, he, he was promoted. He was elevated. People knew who his daughters were. People knew who his, who his, who his wife was. No, and then, then he's, then, then the you know he he's taken captive. No, no, God gets him out of there, gets all his stuff out of there. Abraham goes and rescues him. What does Lot, what does Lot do? He turns around, goes right back into Sodom. No, he went right back into that sin, right back into that sinful life. And then, and then the, the angels come to visit Lot. No, he 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 brings the angels in the house. No, the men men are beating on the door trying to get the angels out so they can have their way with them, and he. He gives them his daughter. He tries to offer up his daughters. You know, do unto them. You know, whatever you want to do, satisfy your, your lust on them. It's we see the progression. We know the progression. And, and then Abraham comes and gets him out of Sodom, and his wife turns around as, as you know the, the city's being destroyed, and she becomes a pillar of salt. It's it's a sad story. We I feel for the daughters. I feel for the wife. I feel I feel for a lot. But it's a lot caused it. Lot's attitude, Lot's eyes, yep. Lot's looking, 
Lot, he was given the choice, but Lot's looking. You know, Abraham said, you, know, you pick Lot, I defer to you. And Lot looked with his eyes. He didn't, he didn't see God, he looked with his eyes. He, 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 he chose what looked best money-wise, what looked best earthly-wise. Used man's wisdom to go forward. Now, I was a car dealer in Texas. Um, there's been several times I'd go to an auction and a car would pull up. Wow, that car is awesome. I remember there's a Chevy Lumina. This is like 12, 15 years ago when they were still cool. But I was on the, I was on the front right corner. I was standing by the bidder's box and this car pulls in. It was green, four door, looked nice, had new tires on the front. And like, and like, like nobody was bidding on it. Every once in a while, in the auction, the kind of prices kind of drop, and that's when you want to buy. And everybody wakes up and prices go back up. But it was one of those drops. I'm like, ooh, it's a nice four door car. It's green. New tires, the windows are up, it was summertime, so I assume the AC worked. I bought it for like 600 bucks. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And it pulls out, and I turn, and the le- I was on the front right, and the left rear quarter of the car had been rear-ended, and it was dragging the ground <laughs> as they drove out. I mean, I was, I mean, from what I saw, it was perfect. Windows up, new tires, nice paint. From the back side, it was, it was like, it was about that far off the ground as it drove by. So it, my eyes, deceived me. My lack of due diligence hurt me. You know, it's Lot's lack of diligence hurt him. You know, he, Lot would analyze, he analyzed the pastures. He, he looked at from his side and he, he picked where to go. You know, he looked for the best. He looked for the water. He looked for the greenest grass. You know, verse, verse 10, I want to point out he lifted up his eyes. Yeah. He didn't pray first. He lifted up his eyes. Yeah. You know, greed was his motivator. Greed was my motivator of that car. You know, his mindset was earthly prosperity, not on heavenly things. You know, there's a difference between Abraham's looking and Lot's. Abraham bowed his head to God. He looked to God. Abraham didn't lift his eyes till God told him to. Yeah. I told him to lift his eyes and see what is yours. That's when Abraham lifted his eyes. Wow. You know, it's verse. You know, as, as verse four, we didn't read it, but also verse seventeen talks about Abraham also built altars. He was giving thanks to God. He kept that reverence towards God. He kept God in the forefront of his mind. There's nothing that says a lot pray. There's nothing that says a lot built an altar. There's nothing that says a lot went to church. There's nothing. Uh, we know that Lot was a righteous man, so he, he knows Christ. He he's, has his faith in Christ, but that's Lot's Christian walk. That's all we know. You know, a self-centered Christian will not have a thankful, worshipful heart. And we look at Abraham, he was thankful. He built, you know, this, this chapter references two altars that he, that he used. Well, Lot didn't do that. Lot was money, Lot was self, Lot was, Lot was prestige, Lot was what's best. Easy to rag on Lot, but how often do you do that? How often do you, that job's better, that school's better, that boyfriend's better, that girlfriend's better, that spouse is better, those clothes are better, that, that church is better, that Bible's better, that... That's better. This is better. This is exactly what Lot did. How dare we come down a lot when we do the same thing? Our name, we're not listed in the Bible as doing it, so I would give more credit to Lot. So we looked at Lot's kind of looking, but now I want to look at Lot's relationships, his impossible relationships. Lot and Abraham, their relationship could no longer sustain. The land couldn't hold them. They had to, they had to separate. They, they weren't getting along. You know that... I think that was more than just their herdsmen and their employees not getting along. We see Lot's mindset, you know, his money here. You know, and Abraham was the eternal, was focused on God. You know, he was a carnally minded man. Abraham was a godly minded man. They don't, 
carnally minded men and, and godly men minded men don't fellowship a whole lot. They, they can fellowship, but it's like water and oil. It, it, they, you, they separate. They don't, they don't jive. They don't, they don't, they don't, they're not equally yoked together. No, unequally yoked together cannot accomplish what needs to be done. No, you hook up a, a bull and a, and a billy goat, the billy goat's going to get trampled. He's gonna, the bull's going to walk in circles. They'll hook up two billy goats together. They can do some work, but a billy goat and a, and a bull are not going to do a whole lot. Lot and Abraham were unequally yoked. Lot wasn't growing like he should. Lot wasn't seeking God like he should. He wasn't following Abraham in his pursuit of God. I also want to look at Lot's relationship with his family. You know, it was destroyed by the end of the story. We don't know a lot about Lot's wife or his girls, his daughters. You know, but his passive stance on sin changed his moral compass. You know, by the end of the story, he's offering up his girls to a group of men. Well, how sick is that? How perverted is that? I mean, he should be thrown in prison. He should be punished for that. But yet he's, the Bible doesn't say the daughters screamed, no. It doesn't say that the, the wife was outraged. The lodgers offered him up and went back to deal with the angels. He lost his relationship with his family. He, you know, there's no respect in the house for Lot. If, you, if you're going to offer your, your daughters, your, your, your kids up as sex objects, you know, there's, there's no care, there's no compassion, there's no relationship, there's no, no, it's destroyed. It's... It's not a good place to be. It's, but it's not, they're not outraged. Lot was fine with it. And they also want to look at Lot, Lot himself, the relationship he had with himself, his inner, inner struggle, and his carnality versus the Holy Spirit, his carnality versus God. You know, he, he had this internal conflict you know, between the spiritual and the fleshly life. You know, he, he chose carnality. He chose what he could see. He chose man's wisdom. Know, the business side. You know, if they had Forbes magazine back then, he would have he would have read that. He would have analyzed the stocks. He would he would have checked the, you know, the, the the growth rate and the corn and and the you know, the things that would increase his herd. You know, Lot, he preferred himself. He was selfish. You know, he, he was himself over God. Lot chose himself over his family. Lot chose himself over Abraham. You know, preferring somebody else first, like Abraham did. Well, he didn't do that. He he didn't learn that. He didn't learn that humility. You know, it, it's uncommon now for us to prefer somebody else. And back then, it, it should have been the standard, but it wasn't. It should be the standard for us, but how often do we prefer somebody else? Honestly, how often do you, let's say you're super hungry and you're in line, somebody walks up behind you, how often do you go ahead? That's, it's not a big deal. You wait two minutes longer for your food, but how often do we not do that? How often do we not pass that track out? How often do we not say, Jesus loves you? Yeah. How often do we not not go to church? How often do we not read our Bible? How often do we not text pastor when we need something? It's preferring self. Lot was bad at it. Lot, well, Lot was very good at preferring himself. It was bad for him, but we do the same thing. We're, 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 the more I look, the more I read, the more I'm like Lot. Unless I purpose in my mind and in my heart to not choose myself, to not... And just, hey, split second, make a decision. Just like that car that rolled up, split second, made a decision, I got burned. And Lot's, that was the same way. We look at Lot's, we looked at his looking, we looked at his, his relationships, and then his separation. Now, Lot choosing the plains of Jordan, you know, it got him away from the only godly influence he had. Yeah. You know, he didn't, and there's no record of him calling Abraham up, or I know they didn't call, but, you know, they, <laughs> they could have texted him, you know, but. 
That was probably back when they had CBs, because that was a long time ago. But the, but the, uh, there, there's no record of them going back to Abraham and seeking counsel. There's no record of, hey, I've got this situation, or hey, the Sodom wants me to become a council member or become the mayor, or you know, my business is doing good, what, what should I do? Or the relationship with my kids isn't that good, they're, they're straying into sin, or my wife is not treating me right, or I'm not right. There's no, we don't see any calling out to, to Abraham. He could have, I mean, they're related, they could have gotten together on special occasions, but we don't have record of it. No, carnal Christians don't value the, the fellowship of a righteous person. One who is striving to live a holy life, it convicts the sinner. It convicts the one living wrong. They'd rather separate from the righteous one and conceal their conviction or put it away or go to somebody else worse than them so they're not convicted about it. Now, there was, I got saved when I was a kid. I got saved when I was five years old, six years old, six years old, yeah. But I, I, I did real good as a kid. I started to preach when I was like 13 years old, 14 years old, something like that. I may have been before that. But then, then in middle school and high school, I, I chose myself. I chose what I wanted, my way, my highway, you know, my way, my, my way only. And um, God blessed me with a beautiful wife, and she grounded me in a lot of ways, but it was still, I was still very selfish. And I, I was a repo man, and, and I saw that the car dealers made more money, and they didn't work all night, so I wanted to become a car dealer. So that's what I did. I, I became a car dealer and had a finance. I was a, fin, I was a licensed finance office and a, a car dealer, and... But it was all selfish. It was what I wanted. What, what I, didn't, I didn't look to God. I didn't pray about it. I just told my wife, hey, this is what we're doing. Let's do it. And she followed me into it. And During that time when I was running from God, I, I didn't like it when the pastor came by to visit. You know, we visited church a few times, and the pastor would come by, and I was kind of wanting her to answer the door, and I'd kind of, you know, because it, <laughs> it, it's the, the, the water old and mixed. I was carnally minded. I didn't want, I didn't want the conviction. I knew... I was supposed to be in seminary. I knew I was supposed to be preaching. I knew I was supposed to be somewhere, but I ran from God for almost 20 years. It took me, well, I'm just drowning in debt in the car lot and almost losing my marriage and, and almost losing everything I had for God, for me to wake up. But that's what it took. That's what God did. I'm glad he drug me through that. I'm glad he took everything I had. I'm glad he, you know, I was drowning in debt. We had the state call me one day and say, you owe $27,000 in fees for back taxes because you didn't file your paperwork on time. And then through that, that'll, that'll wake you up when you have the state calling you. Yeah. But through the next few weeks dealing with state, and then God got us through that. We got it knocked down to like $12,000, and we had it paid in like three weeks. We sold cars at the auction, and we car, our cars sold more than they had ever. And it was, then looking back, I see God working. I ended up at church camp. I, I took a job to pay for the car lot, and ended up at church camp to pick up our daughter. And the preacher was a Thursday night, Steve Pickett. Or, I think his name is the guy that looks like Pastor Pirate. But he started, he's preaching it. He's got he's only has one eye. But he was talking about the Christian life. Are you are you rounding the bases? Are you compared to baseball? Are you sitting on second, squatting at shortstop, or are you you rounding third running home? I was like, dude, I'm on second base for twenty years. You know, I'm still I'm on milk. I should be I should be a chef, you know, serving meat. But God God broke me and God brought me back, but those twenty years I was carnally minded. You know, those 20 years, I was like Lot. I was choosing me. I was doing my way, my thing, what I wanted. You know, I can see myself in each of these steps a lot. You know, only by God's grace, I didn't go as far as Lot. By God's grace, I, he allowed me to come back. He sent things in my way to bring me back. You know, it's... Lot's sin separated him from God. It alienated his relationships. 
The fellowships were blocked. The blessings were blocked. The Lot lost everything except his salvation at the end. And God didn't forget about Lot, even though Lot forgot about God. Lot did everything he could to get away from God. You know, he sent Abraham to rescue him two times. And once he was taken captive, he sent Abraham and went and got him in all of his junk and brought it back. And Lot went straight back to Sodom. So that reminds me of you know, going to camp as a, as a kid, as a teenager. I see it all, all the time. Kids go to camp, they get right on, oh, getting, getting rid of the music, getting rid of the internet, the, the, the alcohol, the drugs, the dope, whatever. Then they come back, go right back to school, right back at it. You know, yeah. Most kids don't even last the rest of the summer. You know, we pray for them, we cry out to them, we try to help them, but yet we, as adults, do it all the time. And we, God, I'm going to do better about reading my Bible. Next day, boom, no Bible. God, I'm going to do better about my language, my attitude, my anger, my tithe, my work, my respect. But yet we, we don't. We, we turn right back. You know, it's... Lot... Lot chose his job over God. He chose his money. It's good to work. We need to have jobs. You need to provide for your family. But when you become the God, when you become your God, when your pocketbook rules what you do and what you say, and you become a slave to that, that becomes your God. Lot was guilty of that. So when we choose jobs because of our eyes, we choose our jobs because of retirement plan, we're telling God, hey, you can't handle my X amount of dollars a year. God, these people are better at than you are. And that's not the way we should be. In fact, most financial advances, most better jobs, higher paychecks, are usually followed with more debt. You know, a better job, you buy another car, you buy a new house, you do this, you do that, you get another credit card, and you're paying more interest and more interest and more, and it just snowballs. But that's not how it's supposed to be. Right. Lots of money and his career meant nothing in the end. It was gone. His wife was gone. You know, his son-in-laws said they wouldn't come with him. Think of the friends he lost. Think of the friends that could have been saved, that could be in heaven today if Lot... Let's say even, even when, when he was taken captive and he came back, if he admitted it, if he became a witness when he came back. You know, he was one of them. They could see the changed life. He was truly changed. You know, Saul to Paul, that was a truly changed life. Right. I think if Lot would have made that 180 degree turn, the people who would listen, you know, hey, Lot was like us, and now he's like this, maybe this is true. Maybe, you know, he would be a, a lot better witness to them people in Sodom than Abraham would have been. I also want to look at Lot's today. You know, we looked at Lot's looking and separation and his relationships, but Lot's today, there are very few Abrahams in the world today. You know, but every time you see an Abraham, Somewhere the quality of Abraham, you're gonna, there's going to be a lot or two around them. The truth is, there's way more lots than Abrahams. Our churches are full with lots. You know, the Christian world is full of lots. Now, most Christians, it doesn't matter what church you go to across, across the world, live by sight, live by sense. Not acknowledging God's truth and leading. But we as Christians... You know, we, I throw myself in this, we don't lean to God. We don't look when God tells us to look. We're not content with where God has us in, in many ways than just money. You know, we use our sight and our sense. You know, we are supposed to do diligent. We are supposed to be observant and get facts. But 
We don't, we don't lean to God when it's job time. You know, we want our kids to grow up, you know, we preach to them, you know, tell them to get a job, you know, be responsible, pay your bills. We need to preach to them, tell God, have God show you the job that you want. But we don't do that. You know, we as adults, we as caregivers or financial people, you know, the financial providers for our family, we, we look at the good job, the good money, the good insurance, the good retirement, the good benefits, the three weeks vacation. God, thank you for this, but you didn't ask God before you go. And soon, soon you're out of church. Soon you're missing Sundays, missing Wednesdays. Too busy to, to, to come, too busy to go to camp, too busy to volunteer. You know, we, we, we base our spouses or our boyfriends or girlfriends or who we date or pursue off, you know, oh, they're cute, they're hot, they're, they're popular, they're, they have a brand new car, they, they can help me, they make me look better, they, you know, we, our entertainment, how often do we ask God, you know, his provision in our entertainment or his preference? You know, God doesn't want you watching filth on the internet. God doesn't want you, there's nothing wrong with the internet if you use it properly. There's nothing wrong with watching sports. If you're watching football just so you can catch the cheerleaders, you're wrong. Yeah. You're selfish. You're, you're, you're using it for your own lust. If, if you're playing a sport just so you can feel better than somebody else, you're using it for your own lust. I, do, I don't, no, I, well, I know I don't look like it, but I'm a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. And it's, it's, it's a gentleman's sport. But it's, sometimes you pick that partner that's got the attitude just so you can choke them. And then they have to tap, and then you're, that's, it's not because I want to work on my jiu-jitsu or I think they're better than me. It's because they're usually a little bit smaller than me, and I'm a little bit stronger, and I, and then you feel better. That's, <laughs> but that's selfish of me to want to do that because I see their attitude. <laughs> Well, yeah, it makes me feel really big and strong, but it's, <laughs> but when, if I don't like their attitude, I will try to roll with them so I can do that, and that's silly, but that's, that's selfish of me to do that. I should let them, uh, hey, coach, who do you want them to go with? Now, if coach says, hey, they have an attitude, go. I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> but that's, it's selfish of us. And your music. What does your music honor? Is it, is it just because you like it, just because it was on the car, or just because your friends wrote the song? No, your friend can write great songs. You could, you could naturally like good music, but do you cite, do you sense to pick it? Or you're spending, what, what, are you, what are you spending your money on? Your car. Now, we all need cars to get around, but are you Mortgaging everything to buy that Lexus when you really should buy a, a Cavalier. It's a lot of cars are bought with prestige. You know, you can buy an F-150, you can buy an F-150 Lariat, or you can buy the the Platinum. You know, if you have the money to buy a Platinum, go for it. You know, that's we need guys to buy brand new Platinums when they're 10 or 15 years old. Guys like me can try to buy them, so, <laughs> but, but it's. If you're selfish in why you're buying it, what's your attitude? What's your, what's your motive? You know, we must be honest about our motives when we do what we do. There's many other areas. Another big, another big one is colleges. We don't need to send our kids off to just whatever college picks them or the best or the 
best one in nursing or the best one in engineering. No, we need to send them to the one that God wants them to go to. Every kid should go to a year for, I believe, to, to a Bible college for a year to get grounded, to get, get the foundations of the world set up in their mind so they don't get liberated by the liberals in, in the secular schools. But there's many other areas we can pick, and there's many other areas we can pick wrong. So each of these things that we listed, and, and I'm sure there, there's probably things popping in your head, can pull you away from God and will pull you away from God. They have lasting effects. You know, Lot didn't, didn't walk up to Sodom and say, ooh, in four years, I'm going to be offering up my daughters up to a bunch of strange men. I'm going to, God's going to rain hail on hailstorms and flames and, you know, on the city, I'm going to lose everything and my son-in-law's going to be gone and my daughter or my wife's going to be a pillar of salt. Lot didn't see that going in. If Lot knew that, I'm sure he would have come back to Abraham and said, Abraham, help me. I need to be more like you. I'm not who I need to be. But we... We don't see it like that. We don't see the end result. We, we choose our church wrong. What effects does that have on you? What effects does that have on you spiritually? What effects does that have on your, your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, your neighbors, your employer? So many, many of an employer saved because of a Christian worker. Now, if you pick the, 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 the wrong spouse, if you pick the spouse off of, off of lust, off of selfish desires, but that's going to affect you and your parents and your brothers, your siblings and your kids, and that's a generational thing. But it's it's not it's not good to pick with our eyes and with our senses. No, it's it's easy to say, it's easy to blame Lot, but how do you ever compare yourself to Lot? Do you give yourself a checkup? Say, hey, Lot was like this. Am I Lot or am I Abraham, God? He will let you know. If you're not feeling close to God, if you're not in church, if you're not reading your Bible, you're going to be Lot. If you're seeking God, taking things up to God, if you're waiting to do things until God leads you until you're at peace about it, you may be an Abraham or leaning towards Abraham. When you choose whatever it is, whatever you're doing, what are you using to choose? I want you to ask yourself, is it sight, is it feelings, God's word, God's truth, the Holy Spirit leading? Has it been a long time since you felt the Holy Spirit's unction? The Holy Spirit just doesn't stop if you're doing everything right. The Holy Spirit can get grieved. The Holy Spirit, you know, if you try to talk to somebody over and over and over, and all they do is tell you no, 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 no. You can quit talking to them. So the lust of the flesh is a mighty force we all struggle with. And we can't see the battles that each one of us is having internally. Right. You, you, can be, you can be sitting in church and dying from lust. You, you could have your brain polluted with stuff you were up all night watching. Right. You'd be sitting at church and, and coveting over that brand new truck across the street or your buddy's paycheck or his bass boat or his new wife or new, yeah. new husband. Those are things that you can do that sitting in church. God knows it. The Holy Spirit knows it. Pastor doesn't know it. I don't know it. That other people around you don't know it. And when you're, when Lot's being dragged away from Sodom and his wife's a pillar of salt, I'm sure all the offers that Abraham gave him were popping into his head. I'm sure he, you know, if he, he was righteous, I'm sure his wife, at some time, Lot, this isn't right, or Lot, let's not do this. You know, my wife's told me not to do a lot of things I've done. And she's usually right. It usually ends up bad for me, whether I'm hurt or. Troubled by my boss or 
getting in trouble on Facebook, but it's other things. I mean, she's told me things that she's got, she's kept me grounded on the spiritual things. She's kept me in my attitude in check. When somebody's doing wrong, I'm going to go tell them they're wrong. You know, God uses people to do that. You know, no, not you. That's the Holy Spirit. But it's God, God gave a lot, a lot of chances, but he said it was time to deal. And God, God honored his choices. At 34 years old, God gave me the choice. To get right or... I, I fully believe he was going to honor my choices if I hadn't re-surrendered or hadn't gotten right. If you've been Lot-ish, if you've been Lot like Lot, you know, and you choose God, it's not going to instantly change everything you've sowed for the past 20 years. But you can let him lead you through the reaping of what you sowed. You know, it, it took, when I, when I went to seminary, it wasn't just, I had to close down the car lot and had to get rid of, you know, had to dismember the finance company and take, take, do all the legal stuff and the taxes. And you know, it, it took probably three years, two years to get everything settled, everything gone, everything done. But God, I didn't do it all right to begin with, but God got us through it. God got, I graduated seminary. We didn't owe the school a dime. I didn't owe anything on back taxes. I didn't owe anything on the car lot. It was out. Of, it was done. My my dad and my brother reopened under the same name. Everything was out of my name. The DBA was gone. All that was gone. God did every bit of that. God got me through that. God got me through school. You know, we we did all that on her salary. I quit working. I did school full time and watched the kids after school. It was not easy. It's very humbling to say. My wife's my main support. I'm a, I'm a Mr. Mom. That's what I was essentially during school. But it, I had to swallow that pride. I know if I hadn't had to do that, it would have, I would have elevated myself back up. I would have been top dog. I would have been, hey, I want to, I want to do this now. And I would have been gone. But God, will work with you. God will take you through. But you have to let Him. You have to have the heart that seeks Him. You have to be willing to swallow your own pride. So it's. There's a strife that is often takes place in the, the believer in the believer's heart, a conflict between the flesh and the spiritual. I'm sure Pastor Haley's talked about it a lot. We talk about it at church a lot. Lot separated himself from God, separated himself from Abraham. He should have separated himself to God. Amen. Now, where are you today? You know, you're sitting in church, but where's your heart? Is it is it focused on you? Is it turned into you? Are you not sure? Check yourself. Check the value of your fellowship with a godly person. You like it when Pastor Haley comes by and visits you on a random Saturday. Do you have to turn off your music, turn off your TV, put your drink down because he's there? Do you thank God often? A selfish heart is not a thankful heart. Do you prefer others over yourself? Are you happy when the police officer pulls you over for speeding? Now, what, what's your deciding factor on your daily choices? Worldly Christians are like Lot. They're carnal. They have no value, on the, they set no value on the promises of God. No man can serve two masters. You know, do you value the promises of God? Do you want God's protection and provision, or do you have it yourself? You got it taken care of. What are you using to decide? You know, we, we sing, all to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. Do you mean that when you sing it? Are you lying to God the whole time? 
All to Jesus I surrender. Humbly at his feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus. Take me now. I surrender all. And that includes your eyes, your deciding factors, your heart, your influences. Life is, lots of life ended full of regret. He reaped his harvest of an eye-centered life. His story is in the Bible for us to learn from. It's for us to see the severity of choosing our way over God's. You know, and leading, leaning towards, our, towards ourselves when we should be leaning to God. I'd ask you to bow your heads and as Brother Haley comes up. Let's all stand, please.